Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. This is episode 31, I think, for episode... <laughs> uh, tw- for episode... Damn it. <laughs> See, this I'm is the why pro, Chris baby. does the intros I'm the now. Pro. Dang it. <laughs> this is episode 31 for Saturday, June 24th, 2017. Yeah. With me, as always, Chris Salamone from Four Eyes Furniture. How's it going? And I'm Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds. What kind of holiday is it today, Mike? You know what day it is? I bet you what, got what no is it? idea. It is National Swim-A-Lap Day. Ooh. I'm going to celebrate three times. I'm taking three laps. Three laps. A little <laughs> victory lap. Yeah, yeah. Two. <laughs> I'll win it on two, and then I'll victory on three. Yep. So this episode, we've got something really exciting, something we were, we've been looking forward to for a little while because we knew it was going to happen. We just didn't want to say it to the to to you guys listening in case it did fall through but we've got dan fisher um which you may not recognize his name off the top but he is the guy that we we heard about probably uh three weeks ago probably something like that yes yeah, so about three and a half <laughs> you're right it's a weekend show we probably heard about it on a thursday why not <laughs> But we, we heard about um, a story kind of through the grapevine. We really didn't get a lot of detail about someone that had uh, gotten injured on a table saw. Yep. And we kind of talked about it, talked just really... Uh, Not knowing I, anything. We were that's just, the way, yeah. Yeah, we were, we were just, we, you know, we didn't know the details. We were talking about it. And I, while we were talking about it, I think you said, you know what, we should reach out to this guy, see if we can get him. And so we did. We did, and he was like super receptive, so... We are going to interview him on today's weekend show, and we'll throw to that in a couple of minutes. But, but before first, we do that, Chris, yes. what are the weekend plans? You've got your I, coffee table done. I got my coffee table done. I just got to put a few more coats of finish on it. I would have had it done earlier, but it's been kind of a crazy week where I haven't been able to get out into the shop. So I'm going to finish that. Then I'm going to get all of my, my ending shots and my thumbnail shots because those are important. So as we talked about in the past couple episodes. Got to get them. Got to get yeah, them. Yeah. Every Vertical time. oriented shots. Get ready for, for Pinterest. Inst- Pinterest. Pin- yep. was, uh, there's too many things. I was going to say like Pinterestagram <laughs> or something. I don't know. It's like an amalgamation. But yeah, you know what I do every time? So I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I painted a wall in my house. So I have to move all the furniture off of this wall every single time that I want to do one of my thumbnails. Oh, I thought That's you just. That's how important they are. I just thought you've permanently just left that wall blank. Like you're. I can't. Yeah, I know. We have like a couch on there. There's a coffee uh, table in front of it. There's actually yeah. two couches there, a couple of side tables. So it's like I'm dragging everything across the living room. Mm-hmm. You know what I'd that's, love to do though is build like just a mobile wall that I could just like do it outside, put a little like pergo down or something. So that's what like I'm doing in the new shop. I'm Are taking you? I'm taking the back corner of it and I'm just going to turn that into like a little staging area to where yeah. I've just always got a place to take shots. I would love to be able to do that. Yeah, it's. I'm very excited about it because thumbnails are. That's like the. It's for whatever reason always seems to be the stressful part. Is like I got to get the picture right. Yeah, it's your first it can, impression. It is. So yeah, anything, any, anything outside of woodworking happening this weekend, or just kind of same old. You know what? I think. Uh, what am I going to do this weekend? I think I'm going to go to Sizzler. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to well, be I'll my be default. Applebee's. Whenever I don't know, I'm going Sizzler. Yeah, for real. Awesome. What about you? What do you got going? Oh, you know I got that woodworking event this weekend. It's going to be exciting. I'm pumped. I uh, I started packing for it a little bit. I still got a lot more to do. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving. Uh, we're recording this on a Thursday, and I'm leaving out tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. 
probably around two o'clock, something like that. So I got I got plenty of time to do it. But you should just say I'm leaving yesterday at two o'clock. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm uh, I wouldn't say nervous, but I'm very excited. I've never uh-huh. been to like a I don't know like a convention with with our peers, you know, yeah. other people doing the same thing we're doing. So I'm just really excited to. I don't know if network is the right idea, but just meet people and yeah. like just get, I mean, for the same people, for the same reason people are coming, you know, there's people that make videos that I want to meet too, that I've talked to online and I, I want to put a, I want to put a real voice to the comment, you know, so yeah, uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm going to be building kind of a, a console table TV stand while I'm there. It should be pretty cool. Uh, now you're going to be total- recording it? Like, are you going to oh, make yeah. a video of it? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> funny story though. Not so funny on my end, but sad you know, story. A, it is. It's sad. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I mentioned my camera broke. Yes. So I bought a Canon 80D. Okay. Guess how long I had it before I oh, broke no. it. What? <laughs> What'd you do? It fell off my tripod. I have no idea. Oh. I was just like, I picked up my tripod to move it, and somehow, oh, like, like it, it wasn't was just, clipped in good or something. It just wasn't. Yeah. The the quick release plate just failed. I have no idea. Um, no. But the good news is, I hope no one from Canon is listening right now. <laughs> you there's had really, There's really no physical damage to the outside, and it really didn't even fall hard. It fell onto grass. It didn't fall onto concrete. Oh, well, yeah. I would think that. It fell, like, uh, it fell about two and a half, three feet, and mm-hmm. uh, nothing uh, like shattered. Nothing really broke, but it's a weird thing where the the top half of my LCD screen is black, but the bottom half is still normal. Okay. So I've sent it back. I've talked to someone at Canon saying I'm pretty sure this is this is something uh, probably a little bit my fault, but also maybe not a hundred percent my fault. So it looks it's like I'm gonna get a fault replacement. My hiring FedEx to ship this to me. <laughs> I know that's what I should have said. I should have said, yeah, I just opened it today. I don't know. It must have been broken during shipping. What'd you do? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, hope, but I'm going to be getting a replacement, but the bad part of it is I've got to go with my backup, backup camera with me uh, <laughs> to the woodworking event. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, <laughs> someone's just going to be drawing pictures of you woodworking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. that's that's the one bummer is I'm taking like my my crappy camera with me uh, down there to film, but it's, but it's okay. It's still going to be a lot of fun, and yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, Nice. Yeah, you're hard on cameras, but easy I, on the eyes. I don't know. Wow, thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks. You know, I feel bad. I, I'm sure you're so bummed out about the camera. I had to say something to lift those spirits back up. It worked. It worked. I'm <laughs> smiling now. But no, it is funny. It's just like the weirdest. Like, I guess I'm happy it did happen so soon because I am going to get a replacement. And I did kind of get like two punches to the nuts back to back. You know, that's better than Getting two. all your camera damage out of the way <laughs> quickly. But yeah, now I'm going to be so careful. But now, is that yeah. the tripod? I see a tripod you're using behind you. Is that the tripod you're... Is that the one? That no, right that's shoulder? not the one. Okay. Um, no, I bought... It's actually... You know what? I'm going to throw Amazon on the bus here. here it's the Amazon's like... It's the yeah. Amazon brand tripod. You know, I um, used that one for a long time. And then once I got all my new camera stuff, I was like, why am I using like $3,000 yeah. <laughs> worth of equipment on a... Twenty dollar tripod. So I, I spent a couple hundred bucks on a good tripod. Yeah, it, you probably know, it a makes very my work, solid investment. It it is, and it makes my work go quicker. It's like so much quicker to line things up and yeah. adjust things. So it it's even just from like a insurance point of view, it's still a benefit even beyond that. Just in like uh, user friendliness. 
for sure. Yeah. So while I'm going to be there this weekend, I'm going to be building, like I mentioned, a TV stand kind of console thing. But I totally am ripping off the design, which I'm going to I'm going to say in the video or at least in the comments. But what I was watching. That? Have you ever heard of this guy named Brad Hall? Brad Hall on I, YouTube. I, I got to look him up. OK, he's like a weird, ultra nerdy, uh, like white guy that does like shoe reviews for like Yeezys. Shoe? and jordans okay. and like oh i think super, i have seen this guy before. <laughs> yeah he's 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 pretty funny uh you know if you're in the mood for really i mean i'm very sure that it's a character the guy's playing uh -huh. but he's pretty funny and complex which is another youtube kind of news thing uh they had him on like as a guest and in the background they had like a set to make it kind of look like his house and the console okay. table in the background just looks so cool and I was just looking at myself. I said, I, I need to it. build this. Yeah. And it's and it's not going to be too tough. It'll be something that has. I'm going to be building in it just out of walnut plywood. It'll have a really high kind of perceived value where, you know, it looks really nice. But you could really build it all with so long as you have someone to break down the plywood or some way to break down the plywood. I mean, yeah. you could do it with a circular saw. Pretty simple. Or a so, circular saw and a miter saw. So, so yeah. What do you... Do you have to take your own tools to this thing, or are there going to be mm -hmm. tools there for you to use? You're taking yeah. all your stuff? Or I'm taking uh, pretty much everything I need for the project, yeah. And then, you know those pop-ups? They're like 10 foot by 10 foot. Yeah, the tents. I'm, mm -hmm. I, got, uh, I got one that's 10 foot by 20 foot, so Whoa. there's a little bit more room. I'm big, big balling over here. <laughs> Doubling up on this, huh? <laughs> but, so I'm going to be building, uh, building kind of under there. Let me ask you a question. This is very it. selfish. I'm sure maybe someone else can kind of learn from it too. You use solid edge banding. Yeah, you make yeah, your own like edge banding. Yeah, like I make banding. my own strips, yes. How do you get it flush On, and not make mistakes? Uh, so usually what I do is I make it a little wider. So I probably mm -hmm. make it like an extra, I don't know, 16th of an inch wide. Um, yeah. And just make sure it's a little bit proud on both edges or both I guess faces. And then I have a palm router that I made a little jig for that I don't use for anything except for flushing up the, mm. the hard strips. So yeah. then I can just do it quickly. Got you. Cause I, I, I kind of, I had another project, but I kind of did the same thing mm -hmm. except whenever I used that little flush trim bit, uh, like it happened once. It tilted. I, I tilted and I was you know, just like, my heart sank. I was just like, oh. Yeah, so I used to do it that way. So if you if you haven't seen this tip, if you are doing it that way and you have multiple pieces, like say it's like mm -hmm. a, a cab or a case or something. So you have four pieces that you're gonna need to do. Line them all up, you know, with their fronts facing up. So the rest, you know, the tabletop, their backs are on the tabletop. Put some right. scrap in between them and clamp them all together so that then you can stick the router actually in between two pieces. And then you wow. don't have to worry about stabilizing it. That's a really good tip. Yeah, so do that. So the thing that I made, because I got sick of clamping stuff all over the place, so it's a small yep. palm router, and it's not a flush trim bit. It's just like a flat-bottomed bit. And then yeah. I put a piece of scrap, basically like a spacer quarter-inch block, and that part, so that's what's touching it, not the actual um, like bottom, or I don't know what you'd call it, but like the little plastic the back, part on the router. The, yeah. That mm -hmm. part's not touching. That part's hovering above, and it's resting on the piece of wood on that little scrap piece of wood that I attached to yep. the router. And then the bit is offset so that it 
trims equal with the bottom of that piece of plywood. It's probably yep. easier to put in a picture. Than I was to about to say, I was going to yeah. say that I'm I'll picturing it, picture. but yeah, put up next time you flush trim something like do a little Instagram video for the podcast. Yeah, um, there's, I'll put up a picture. I'll find it. Cause I know I've done it in a video, so I'll just find like a screen grab and then, and then I'll put it up. Cause I know I've had a few people ask me like, what is that? Jim? Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Cause I picked up some like iron on edge banding. Uh huh. Uh, f- just for the for this weekend, yeah, and I'm gonna give that a shot because my local Home Depot only carries red oak and uh-huh. birch iron yeah. on edge banding. So whenever I've gotten that I was stuff, able I've f- usually gotten it from like a an actual lumber yard. They have a bunch yeah. of species there. Yeah, but I was able to find some walnut uh, on Amazon, so I'm gonna give that a shot. Hopefully it will. Hopefully it looks good. And uh, yeah, it should be you camera ready? quality. I would think. <laughs> cool. Cool. All right, well, you ready to hop into this interview? Let's do it. Awesome. Mike, take it away. <laughs> That's a little transition sound. All right, everybody. So we are here with Dan Fisher. How are you doing this week? Doing well, doing well. Happy to be awesome. here. Awesome. Yeah, so yeah, a couple weeks on. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, uh, we talked about Brad from Fix This, Build That. He mentioned uh, talking about table saw kickback and mentioned uh, it was something around the time where it was someone that we thought had just kind of got a finger cut or maybe a, like a finger, you know, like dismembered in some way. And we were kind of just hoping for more story because it's something everyone seems to talk about and everyone sort of is always obviously worried about when they're using a table saw. Um, and it was just kind of one of those things is like we just we kind of reached out. We we're just like, hey, if you're out there, uh, find some way of getting in contact with us because we would love to kind of hear the story get to know you and maybe learn a couple valuable lessons along the way. Yeah. Um, so sure. yeah, we really appreciate you being on, uh, tell us kind of more, maybe not like the story right now, but tell us maybe more about yourself, what you make and, uh, you know what you do. Okay. Well, well, I'm originally from Salt Lake city and I moved to uh, Portland eight or 10 years ago. And uh, while I was in Portland, everybody was making all these neat things. So, uh, I'm, in the commercial banking field, so I'm an accountant all day. I just sit and crunch mm-hmm. numbers, so it's not very creative. And yeah. uh, of course, everybody in Portland is creative, right? So uh, <laughs> I decided I wanted to try making something, and and so I decided to go out in the garage and, and make uh, started making cutting boards. So I was using ah, a jigsaw, okay. using a scroll saw, uh, things like that. And after a couple months, uh, decided to move up to the the table saw. So that's kind of yeah. that's kind of how I got into how I got into woodworking was wanted to make some uh, cutting boards and whatnot for Christmas gifts and some awesome. started carving some uh, some spreading knives stuff like that. So that was that was 2014. That's how I got started. Nice. So w- what are some of the stuff you're building now? Have you uh, are you on to bigger things? Are you still kind of keeping it with the small stuff? What's what do you what are you into most? I'm making pretty much small stuff, but. Uh, I'm, right now, I'm working on a project with uh, Justin Cox from Cox Wood Iron, uh, and mm-hmm. we're working on a steel table that's going to have uh, I-beam, I-beam and wooden bolts along the uh, the undercarriage of the table. So we're kind of that's what I've been building lately is uh, wooden I-beams uh, with wooden, oh, wooden yeah. bolts. Oh, cool. Yeah, you so, guys can't see it at home, cool. but he's holding it up. <laughs> we'll put a picture on the on yeah send us a picture of that and we'll make sure we put it on the instagram so that everyone yeah. can yeah. see it so things that are not so usually really cool. made out of wood um i i've been things make out of wood that are not usually made out of wood <laughs> nice yeah that's yeah. awesome so 
So to go back to how we found you, so I think it was that somebody wrote in who had saw it on Brad's channel. I'm not sure how they found it, but they wrote in to us. And like Mike said, we were talking about it. And while we were talking about it, we kind of realized that we were making a lot of assumptions because you know we didn't really have any information <laughs> yeah. as to what happened. Yeah. And so we didn't know, like Mike said, we didn't know the severity of the injury that you had. Right. And so when I found you on Instagram and I saw the pictures, it was obviously a lot more severe than what we were, you know, guessing when we were talking. Right. And so I was really glad that you agreed to come on because I think this can probably be a real eye opener for a lot of people um, and hopefully beneficial and, and, you know, help save somebody down the road. So I guess if you're willing, why don't we go ahead and just start talking about what Absolutely. happened? Absolutely. So let's let's talk about um, you know going back to what you just said. If I can prevent somebody from uh, having to go through what what I've gone through, uh, I'll be very happy. But uh, <laughs> yeah. what really what really happened to me was uh, first of all, being a novice woodworker, you don't know what you don't know. So you right. you mm. get a table saw, yeah. right? a little contractor table saw, you know it's dangerous. So you read the book, uh, and it has pictures and stick figures and and kind of do's and don'ts. But until you really get that saw moving, you don't really understand um, some of the intricacies of the table saw and the kickback. Now, what happened to me was, first of all, uh, I was making a beveled cut. So the dynamics of a beveled cut are slightly different than the dynamics when the blade is straight up and down. So yeah. what happened to me was, and, and I made a rookie mistake, and so which is very embarrassing to admit. I'm still embarrassed to this day. So here's what I was cutting. I was cutting a little over an inch thick, I think a six-quarter walnut, 11 inches wide, and the cutting board mm -hmm. was like 12 and a half inches um, 12 and a half inches mm. long. So okay. I was... Ah, uh, so it was a little... It was like just as wide as it was long, right. pretty much. So is it a rip cut or is it a cross cut? Now, I didn't have... Yeah. I didn't have a cross yeah. cut sled, right? And the only thing that you have to cross cut with is that little tiny miter gauge that they that mm -hmm. they put in with the table saw just as kind of a, a joke. Yeah. Right? And so I, I put, this, uh, put this walnut through uh, against the fence... And very carefully going through, and the cut was going just fine until I hit a, a, a figured portion um, at the end of, of the board. So, is that the that's board? The board. Is that the one? See that right there? Wow. wow. Mm hmm. The grain's kind of going everywhere. The grain's right kind of going it? everywhere. And what happened was just as it got through that cut, the board snapped. Now, being, being a beveled cut, as soon as that, as soon as that blade went in, um, and, and again, going back to the beveled cut, you can't have your riving knife in on a beveled cut, at least not on the saw that I had. You had, you had to put the riving knife all the way down because yeah. it's the riving knife only goes straight up and down. So wanting to be fancy with these beveled edges, which I still love to this day, as soon as that little, as soon as that little piece of wood snapped unexpectedly, it, it pinched the, the blade. So the outside piece of wood... The wood, the wood that was outside of the the blade, came straight back and made it kind of a ramp for my hand to go right across the top of the blade, just right down on top wow. of the blade. And now the other piece, the other piece of wood that was between the fence 
and the blade, of course, my hand um, tilted off of it or, or pushed it or something. It came straight back at my chest. So I got the wind knocked out of me, and I got my hand straight down mm-hmm. on top of the blade. And the wow. only thing I remember is I didn't feel anything. It was the sound. It was this giant chunk mm-hmm. sound. Um, yeah, yeah, like run over... That was kind of something I was wondering. That was going to be something I was going to ask you is, especially after I heard it, you know, when it did kick back, it came back at you, was, was, did you really notice your hand before, because granted, obviously, can't put myself really in your shoes there, but I can really only imagine that it just all happened so fast. How, like, did it take you a minute to kind of, like, wrap your head around everything that just happened? uh, Like they, like they always say, it happens so fast, you don't, you don't know what happened. So it was mm-hmm. the chunk sound, and I immediately knew what that was and, and looked down and saw, yeah. saw a stump. And I didn't know how far back it was. I didn't know if it was my wrist. I didn't know if it was my mid-hand. Uh, I didn't know yeah. didn't know anything. And I immediately screamed, uh, help me, help me, uh, just out of uh, yeah. panic. Um, and that, that just came... I didn't even think about that. It was mm-hmm. almost like being out of body. I mean, does that make any sense? Um, yeah. It was like survival yes. instincts just kicking survival. in or something almost. Oh, absolutely. So I, I ran into, I was at my, my uh, garage was, my shop was in the garage. So I ran into the house and uh, my wife heard the, the commotion and uh, came and I, I, I uh, said, grab, grab me a towel. And uh, so I immediately just wrapped it up in, in a towel, wrapped uh, the the stump up in a towel. I grabbed my belt, mm-hmm. um, put pressure off, on it, off my waist, and made a quick tourniquet and put around my uh, my bicep to kind of quell the bleeding a, a little bit. Um, now to go back to that. Wow, yeah. There's there's a, a little piece uh, that that I need to explain to you beforehand. Right out of high school, uh, I became an EMT, so I went through EMT training. Oh wow! You know what it did for me was, it allowed me to become very mechanical in the in my reaction to uh, an injury uh, or a, a stressful situation. I'd felt that adrenaline rush before, um, you know, being the mm-hmm. being, you know, the EMT and not the patient. Uh, but I kind of I kind of knew what I needed to do, uh, and then I then I laid down. Uh, on the floor, and then the the paramedics came, showed up and, and kind of <laughs> took it from there. Um, yeah, but that's crazy. That is that is kind of a blessing that you did have that. Yeah, EMT absolutely. Training, I guess huh? I, I absolutely count that because I was able to stay yeah. calm. Um, you know, because I knew I wasn't gonna. Yeah. You know, I wasn't gonna die. I wasn't gonna bleed to death. You know, so it was. Uh, it yeah. really. Yeah, the first thing that came to mind was. Um, how am I going to type? Because that's what I do for a living. As a <laughs> as a financial that's true, analyst, yeah. I type all day long. Yeah. Uh, but then I, I knew it was my left hand, mm-hmm. so again, another blessing. Uh, I'm right-handed, so it's my, my left hand. Right. Um, so, yeah. can I ask you this? So when you were holding it, were you holding the miter saw, like the, or I'm sorry, the miter, miter gauge with your right hand, and then you had your left hand on the front of the piece? No, I was just pushing. I had the, I was using the the rip fence, and so uh-huh. I was just pushing the the 
the piece through the saw like you normally do. Okay. So it did. So it did bind yeah. between the fence and the. It's funny because I always think. I mean, and this is probably a mistake on my end, but I always picture a bevel cut being safer because I picture mm-hmm. it being harder for it to bind between the blade and the fence because you know it could just kind of yeah. lift up, and as it lifts up, it's coming. Well, it, it's what happened to me was pinch, not basically. actually a binding of the piece of wood between the blade and the fence. What happened to me was the outside, the outside piece of wood snapped and and pushed into the blade. And that and came like back that at thrust me. So the writing yeah. knife, in my case, would have been what what would have saved, what would have, what would have stopped the, the this accident because the riving knife would have prevented that. Mm. Yeah, and, and kept mm. the the wood going straight through. But you can't. You have wow. to take. You have to put the riving knife down to do the bevel cuts. Yeah, I know. Right. Oh, go ahead. So uh. Well, oh, go ahead, Chris. No, you're up. I was gonna say yeah. I know. On I I don't know if you have a different one now. I know. Most of them that I've seen now, I think the riving knife is actually attached to the what the blade is attached yeah. to, so it'll it'll tilt with it. I know that's how it is on mine. I don't know if that. W- when did this happen? Twenty fourteen. Yeah. Okay, so you were pretty new to it still. Yeah. 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 I was. I was pretty new. Mm-hmm. And before this, I hadn't experienced any real kickback. Yeah. With the with the saw. I mean, I was was very safe with the saw. Uh, planned every cut. Yeah. How- how long was it before you got back to woodworking? <laughs> That's what I was going to yeah. say. Give us the... So everything yeah. happened. Obviously, there's a certain amount of recovery time. S- and you can actually... The crazy thing is it's, you yeah. are still like active on Instagram this whole time. So if you run back through a story a couple years, you can actually kind of see all this. So kind of give us the, like, the breakdown of... Because like, like I said, there's got to be a certain amount of just recovery time. But how long was the... like? Yeah. The I don't even know like the mental recovery time where you're like, do I even want to go back out into the shop or do I even or did you just were you in the middle of a project you're like, dang, I got to finish this. I'm just kidding. Well, uh, <laughs> the funny thing is, I had a I had a very good friend of mine come and see me in the hospital, mm-hmm. and the very first words out of his mouth were, "Are you going to keep doing woodwork?" Yeah. And I said, "Yes, I am." And he said, "Not good. even a question." That's what I was. That's what I was worried about. Yeah. Um, you know, it was truly an accident. So, yeah. you know, it wasn't wasn't the saw's fault. wasn't going out being foolish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, I I was so I was putting surgical gloves over top of my my sutures and my pins. I still had I still had pins. So, to give you an idea of of what happened right after the accident, I was taken to. Um, OHSU, Oregon Health Science University, uh, which is a very, a very long and painful 20-minute ride from our house. I believe but it. The, I'll tell you the first thing I remember after the adrenaline wore off. I they loaded me into the ambulance, and I was, I was feeling pain that we would call the number 10 on the pain yeah. scale. Yeah. And uh, the paramedic says, I said I need something. <laughs> I need something for the pain. Uh-huh. And the one of the paramedics says, "Just a minute, I need to find the guy with the key, the key oh, wow. to the the key to the drug cabinet." And I, it was the longest minute of my mortal existence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Man, was waiting yeah. for the guy with the key, uh, and, you know. And then they they put some some medicine in me, and and it was uh, much better. 
Oh, so, so I guess that is, before you keep going, that is kind of a, another interesting question. How long, so like you realize what's happened, you yeah. kind of go through the just like mechanical instinct of like, okay, I got to get, you know, I got to get yeah. some kind of tourniquet on this. Like when did the yeah. pain start setting in? When did like the adrenaline <clears throat> calm down enough to where you were like, oh crap, this is, this is yeah, happening. It was, about fi- it was about 15 minutes. Yeah. It was about 15 minutes. By the time they got me, they were getting me loaded into the ambulance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was definitely some sen- sen- sensations going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so you get to the hospital. They, so they put some medicine on, and, and that that wore off just you know three or four minutes out from the ER, and they couldn't couldn't give me any more medicine. So I was hollering by the time <laughs> they wheeled me into the ER. Yeah. Uh, and then you know then they started taking X-rays and and, and whatnot, uh, and then. You know, it was kind of a kind of a blur. I remember, you know, pretty good chunks. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. going into the ER and or into the operating room, and they took my contacts out, and then it was out like a light. Woke <laughs> up in the recovery room, and uh, my wife was there, and she says, "Well, they were able to put they were able to put four of them back on." And yeah. to tell you the truth, I didn't I didn't realize. I know this may may sound kind of weird, but I didn't realize that was what the plan was, was to try and reattach all the fingers. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I thought, well, I was just going to have to put all this back together. So they were able to originally reattach uh, four of the five. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, but what they did was uh, they, they put the thumb back on. The first knuckle of, the, of my index finger was, uh, was destroyed. But the index finger itself was good, and so they moved that over to the middle finger position. Mm-hmm. And then they moved the middle finger over to the ring finger position. And then they were able to put the ring finger on the pinky position because pinky pinky was pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. kind of shifted all the fingers over <clears throat> and then huh. and then left the this first finger was they kind of ground that off smooth. And yeah. then started putting fingers back on. Okay. Um, so, woke up from there, and then uh, I was in the hospital for a, a couple of days, and they, they brought in the leeches. So that was oh, another interesting yeah. experience. They brought in leeches and put the leeches on to try and get the blood flow back. That was really... Uh, there's some pictures of the leeches on my Instagram. You uh-huh. have to go check them out. Okay. Truly amazing, amazing little creatures. Some of That's got to feel like pretty funky, right? Yeah, it was really funky. <laughs> yeah. You don't really feel them. They, mm-hmm. they, you don't really feel them. Um, but they, they come in and get, they get full, and <laughs> it was pretty. <laughs> they just neat. do their thing. <laughs> they just do their thing, right? And then they fall off, and the nurse comes in and counts them, and she notices that there's only three, and there should have been four, and. So, <laughs> then you go hunting for that last one. Exactly, hunting that last one, and they they move pretty fast. They can go, they can roll off onto the floor and be halfway across the room. Oh wow! So yeah, pretty amazing little creatures. So um, I was in the hospital a total of a, a week and a half, and the three of the four fingers that they reattached didn't make it. So the thumb, the only finger that made it was the the first finger that they moved over to the middle finger position. And so I had this big, and this is again on my Instagram, I had this yeah. big, crooked, bird finger looking 
thing and mm-hmm. on. And it was the only one that it turned pink. And I was like, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. He's like, I'm, so. I'm flipping everyone <laughs> off all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. And I had pins sticking out of it. Mm-hmm. So I thought, what am I going to do with this thing? And so we tried to get it, tried to get, tried to get that mobile. Um, and so I was yeah. back at the wood shop by then, um, trying to kind of do a few little projects, um, finish up a project that I had started. I was working on a clock. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then after we thought we discovered after about a month and a half that 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 finger just wasn't going to work, and so mm-hmm. the hand therapist said to me one time, she says, and, and it wasn't very fun trying to get that thing to move. I mean, it was like putting all of my strength into moving this finger a millimeter or two. Wow! And, uh, yeah, it just didn't want to move. Just didn't want to, and there was no feeling to it. And I thought. Man, this I don't know. And she says, you know, if this doesn't work out, you can always call the doctor and and you know he'll have him take it off. Mm-hmm. And I said, really? <laughs> and I was on the phone with my surgeon on the way home from that appointment, saying, get this wow. thing off of me, I'm done. And yeah. so that we went in for that uh, that last that final surgery to have that taken off. And this is this is a lot more useful than. Uh, yeah. Dang, that is, that's a story. That is a real story. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, it's that's a, the, that's how we got to the flipper. That's how, that's yeah, where we're so at how, today. So how's it been adjusting to just like regular life and working? Like what's kind of been, just kind of, I don't know. You just figure out how to get things done. Yeah. yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's really what it's all about. You, at first I really noticed, you know, trying, you know, struggle to get things done. And then you, you finally just kind of forget about it and it becomes more normal so the adjustment hasn't yeah. been hasn't been too bad i can't i can't tie shoes so mm. i really miss my lace-up uh wolverine thousand mile boots i love those boots yeah yep yeah i can't <laughs> can't put those in and i have a pretty difficult time with keychain rings trying to put keys on the keychain rings yeah can't do that. Uh, Man, those are harder. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Those are hard <laughs> enough with two. Like I struggle with those still. Yeah. So, so there's a there's imagine. a few things that are just absolute no goes. But uh, yeah, everything else I can I can figure it out one way one way or another. So, that's awesome. So yeah. what do you got coming up? Do you got any cool project ideas or anything like that? Uh, I've always got a bunch of projects coming up. I'd like to I'd like to work on some more architectural structural el- structural elements in wood. Um, so I've got oh, I've got okay. a couple more things coming up in in that realm, and then I have got to get started on a bedroom set I've been promising for about two years now. So I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna. But you've had an honest excuse for yeah, the delay. Yeah, so I got to finish my mocks on vice. So I'm gonna finish uh, finish my mocks mm, on vice. Yeah. Got my bench built, and now I'm gonna get started on the bedroom furniture. That's very cool. Yeah. I saw nice a Mox and Vice by uh, Dustin Pinner. I okay. saw his video a while back. I thought that was really, really cool. Have you seen that? I haven't. No? Ah, oh, check that out, yeah. But, okay. uh, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. So uh, where can people find you at? Uh, you are a perfect five woodworks on Instagram. Yep. It's spelled a tiny bit confusing. Right. It's just it's kind of hard to just like say. So if you are interested in checking all this out, which I definitely recommend doing, go see some cool projects as well. The link, or not the link, but the but the use his username will be in the uh, the episode description. It'll be right there, so it'll be really easy to find. Just copy and paste it into Instagram, 
and give him a follow. Yeah, it's thank been. You. It's. I mean, thank you so much for coming on. I. I think this will be. It's beneficial to me for sure. I'm sure it is to Mike, and I think it will be for everybody listening. I, it's and it's also very uplifting to see that even though you know you've gone through, you know, just about the worst thing that you can go through in a wood shop, that you you know you're still going. Everything's yeah. fine with you. That's. I think that's the biggest takeaway. Positive, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's really really thank awesome. Thank you. Kind of kind of is what it is. So you just. You just keep moving. There's no sense in uh, no sense in belly aching. Just keep keep moving. But yep. keep the guards on the saws if that at all is... possible. Uh, get a saw stop mm-hmm. if you if you have <laughs> any possible way of getting a saw stop. Uh, highly recommend yeah. it. Bosch has come out with. Out of curiosity, have you ever spoken with them? I have. I sent him. I sent him a message. Nothing really came of it, but I I volunteered to be a, a, a spokesmodel for them. But uh, yeah, for real. Yeah, nothing. No, nothing <laughs> really came of it, it, unfortunately. But I, I, yeah, whenever I'm at uh, Woodcraft, I'm I'm definitely their best salesman. As you say, for I think real. we should start a petition. <laughs> Let's everybody listening to this write into them and say, hey, yeah, work everyone with this guy. go go send a direct message to Saw Stop and say, <laughs> yeah. get this guy in front of people for real. Because you you talk well, you speak well too. You articulate everything really well. So I think that'd yeah, be, that'd, really be cool. a, that'd be a cool opportunity. But I, awesome. I, I will preach it. I'll preach it. So um, my my woodworks on my username on Instagram is wdwx. So woodworks. Yep. And you got an underscore between underscore each between word. Each so it's word. a underscore. Just give it to us. Go ahead and say it out, just in case. It's a underscore perfect underscore five underscore wdwx. Yep. Awesome. And we'll Thanks also a lot, Dan. we'll also link it in our Instagram so that. You know, we'll give people oh, yeah. the best chance mm-hmm. of finding you. Yeah, we'll awesome. have a we'll have an Instagram post or two with you on there as well. So we are, we really appreciate right. you being on the show. This has been a I mean, it's really, I've, not to sound selfish, but it's a very awesome story, and I'm glad we're able to kind of share it. Um, I Thank think, it's, you. but yeah, I just think it's so awesome that you're you're willing to talk about it, you know, in front of an audience and all that kind of stuff. Not to mention the fact that you're just like still just killing the woodworking game. I think it's awesome. So we really appreciate you. You, appreciate you being on. Do you got any final words? Thank you. Any any closing remarks for the audience? You know, I just want to. I gotta say thank you to everybody on Instagram. Uh, it's just been amazing, overwhelming, and I'm really I'm pretty still kind of feel embarrassed about it. And nobody has ever, you know, nobody's ever mentioned it. So <laughs> I, it's it's wonderful. Yeah. I, I have been just overwhelmed with support and just. Uh, just want to say thank you and thank you again to you guys for inviting Absolutely. me. Great yeah. opportunity. Really appreciate it. And I uh, look forward to, to some really great podcasts coming out. Awesome. You guys. Thanks, Thanks a lot, so Dan. We'll see you later. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks guys. So that was a pretty intense story. Um, for sure. Yeah. Really, really a crazy story, but really awesome. The fact that Dan was willing to come on here share his experience with us so thanks one more time to dan even though he can't hear me i guess he can hear me listening back to the podcast yeah he can hear you on saturday yeah there we go uh so yeah give him a follow on instagram he's got some really cool projects looking at what he's working on right now it seems really uh really impressive just seeing like wooden bolts and things that are supposed to be made out of metal made out of wood is really cool so go check it out give him a follow and yeah chris I think you yes. asked the listeners for some questions, didn't you? I did. Yeah, we were we were 
kind of juggling things around with this episode and I didn't I wasn't sure if we'd have enough content so a couple people wrote in some quick questions so I thought maybe we'd just go over those before we or go over a couple of those before we close things out so awesome. yeah let's do it see Jack Moore man he says if you could make anything regardless of having the skills tools or time what would you make I think I would make uh, breakfast because I'm pretty oh. hungry right now wow at this time of day, huh? I don't got the skills, though. I'm, <laughs> yeah. a, I'm more of a lunch guy. <laughs> I'll make anything you want as long as it's lunch or dinner. That's but right. I cannot scramble eggs. Forget about <laughs> it. Now, what, what would you make? Uh, I would build an Ames lounge chair. That would be yeah. the go-to. And I'm still planning on doing it. It will happen this year. It'll happen probably close to Christmas, uh, knowing my track record. But it, it's the goal for the year. I've learned welding. That's my first step. Next, I need to learn bent lamination. So I don't know. Maybe that's what we need to do. We just need to structure all of our challenges around getting me to, to build being able to, to build this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so next, we'll do like the bent Cushions. lamination challenge. Then we'll yeah. do the upholstery challenge. Uh, it's all then the seating challenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so selfish. But, but yeah, that's been my dream project for a couple years now. And, and yeah, I'm going to do yeah. it. What about you? You know what? I, I hate to say it, but I think that might be the same thing for me. Although I really? have no intention of ever doing it. Really? But if I could just magically have the skills and the ability. It's such an iconic piece. Like it's probably mm -hmm. it's probably the most iconic mid-century modern furniture piece. I think so, yeah. I if think not, so. If not the, then in the top three for sure. Yeah, very and it's, cool. It's just so crazy looking just like with all the, it's one of those things that, when you look at it, like even now when I look at it, it's just like pretty awe-inspiring. But mm -hmm. before, when you're just getting into woodworking, it's just like unfathomable. How could but, somebody make this? But when you think about it, when you break it down, I don't think when you look at each individual piece, like obviously right now it's like, oh God, how am I going to make that? How am I going to make the seat curve like that? But yeah. once I feel like once I understand each of the concepts, I don't yeah. think it'll be too crazy to tackle it. Because obviously, like I mentioned before in the podcast, I am going to buy the bases just because yeah. I think that's that's more than I ever want to get into when it comes to machining things and stuff like that. But but everything outside of that, I don't think it's too crazy of an idea to wrap my head around. Yeah, see, that's the other thing to think about is that piece of furniture. Yeah, I'm speaking out of my butt here a little bit. But <laughs> even though, okay, so it was designed by Eames and everything. It wasn't like he sat there and built every single part for one. You know, they had right. like a, they it had, had to be designed to be mass produced. Them. Exactly. So they had, you know, people and machinery and teams that were specialists in each of those different things. So yeah. it's really not the type of furniture that you think of when you think of like a one person working, you know, when you think of like yeah. Maloof or Nakashima or like those kinds of, you know, mm -hmm. furniture makers where that was like one person who could do this thing from start to finish. Yeah. It's that's really not a piece that there's like one person who would do it from start to finish because it's so many different disciplines all coming together. Until now. Until Mike <laughs> Montgomery. Or until later this year. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, let's see all what right. else uh, what else do we got here? Oof. How about this? I'm just reading this for the first time right now. It comes in from who knows, spelled like <laughs> Well, actually not spelled like a nose on your face. But anyway, he says, if you had to go back to school right now, what would you study and why? Wow. Good yeah. question. Oh. You know what? 
Okay, first I would say, I always think it's funny that we're made to choose our majors at like 18 or 20 years old because you have no idea what you're interested in. I wasn't even remotely interested in woodworking at that time. I didn't become interested no. in woodworking until I was, uh, what, I don't know, in my late 20s pretty much. So, so what did you get, what do you have a degree in? Business. And, I, and business. the reason, yeah, the reason that I chose business was I pretty much, I, I went to college straight out of high school. I had mm -hmm. got to the point where I was like, pretty much finished with all my GE and it was like, okay, I have to declare something. Oh, business, that seems nice and well-rounded. So, you know, exactly, it's, and yeah. it's been a useful degree to have in terms of, it is a well-rounded degree and it, it opens up a lot of doors for you professionally. Um, and, you know, now I'm kind of starting to run my own business, so I'm sure it'll be helpful with that. But oh yeah, I probably, like, if I had known what I would have wanted to get into, I probably would have done something a little bit more artistic or maybe architecture, maybe engineering. Yeah, I mean, something to do There's with so many production. options I don't what know. it is, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. all those things I kind of tackled on my own and learned. But yeah, I, I probably would have done something more along either like engineering or architecture. I, that's probably what I would do. What about you? Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, it's kind of the same way as I went into school thinking I wanted to do music in some capacity. Mm -hmm. And... While I was in school, I realized I didn't want to do music for the rest of my life. It wasn't that I wanted, didn't want to do music. It was just that I didn't want to deal with musicians professionally for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, was, was it something that like happened while you were in school and you were just like, this isn't for me? Or is it just a matter of your tastes changing? Um, I think a lot of it was just trying to schedule with these sons of guns. It's like impossible <laughs> to like nail these people down to like actually you know what i'm saying and it's yeah. like even when you do uh even when you do like mark something down when it comes to a schedule uh -huh. then they're late and that was one of it and then it was just uh I've, I've just i've just had a couple instances with like musicians with big egos mm -hmm. that are not fun to work with so i realized that was while i was in school so i can only imagine what people that are actually successful musicians can, you know, yeah. how they might be. So, right. I don't know. Yeah. It was kind of, it was one of those things. And granted, I use a little bit of that information. I'm able to, it made it to where I can edit the podcast really fast. Um, <laughs> I'm really good at off. logic now. But yeah. yeah, so I don't know. It wasn't like a useless uh, degree because I wouldn't have gotten into woodworking to the extent I was if I didn't go to school. But you know if what? I had that to, was... oh, go oh, ahead. God. Okay, I was going to say, one of the things that made woodworking so appealing to me when I found it as a hobby is um, all of the other hobbies that I had, like music and like wanting to make videos and stuff, you had to depend on a lot of people. Like it was hard yeah. to do it completely on your own. And mm -hmm. woodworking was like, oh man, I get to just like, I come up with the idea, I build it. I don't yep. have to worry about, you know, working with other people's schedule or worrying about if they're as dedicated to something as I am or you know, what their creative thoughts are versus what my creative thoughts were. So I think that was one of the parts that made it such an appealing hobby. Right. It's so self-reliant. Yeah. Yeah. But if I had to go to school for something, I don't know that it would be furniture design per se. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it would be something video related per se, but I think it's kind of in the same field is I would at least, like if I had to start school over, I would go for a couple of years, get my basics done and take as many electives as I could in art in film, 
Yeah. And just try and figure out exactly what it is that I wanted to do with a degree. But, you know, if I was if if I had never gone to school and I'm at where I am right now, I and I had the opportunity to go to school for free, I probably still wouldn't go to school, though. I don't think I would. School's awesome, but I I was I'm glad to not be in school anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do. Know it's what just like saying. so good not to have homework and write papers and stuff. Because a lot of my friends are still in school. Yeah. And you know we'll talk about like oh you want to go out this weekend or you want to do this or that and they're like yeah yeah, yeah. except uh, as long as I can get my uh, history paper in in time right. I'm like oh wait yeah you're still learning about stuff good for you. You know it's <laughs> when I was uh, a, a few years ago when I was making a career transition. Mm -hmm. I was actually about halfway through a master's program and um oh wow my and so what made this decision easier was the fact that my work was paying for it mm. but it got to the point where I was like you know what I'm not really that into this I'm halfway through it I want to make a career transition so I started looking for that job and to make that transition and I kind of said like all right well I'm just going to let fate decide if I don't find if I can't get into this industry uh before I finish my master's, then I'll just I'll keep doing my master's and see what comes of that. Otherwise, yeah. if I get it, I'm done. I got the job. Yeah. I mean, you can look at that as wasted time. I don't know. I, it was a I, lot of work I that I so. did, it's, but it was just yeah. like, you know, this isn't for me. So no, no yeah. use in, you know, people talk about not throwing good money after bad, but don't throw good time after bad time either because Ooh, mind blown. <laughs> awesome. You want to do one more question and then we'll close it out? Sure. Let me look for one more. Huh. This guy says, why have I always hated modern, but enjoyed your videos and furniture? So why could mm. somebody, I guess the question is, yeah, can somebody not be into the, to what you're making, but still enjoy your video? I think so. I mean, there's plenty of like, uh, uh, what's that show called? How It's Made? Yeah. I've watched a lot of episodes of How It's Made for things that I would have no interest in ever making. But it's mm -hmm. still interesting to see how it all comes together. Same thing. I mean, I still watch videos from people that even do woodworking. It's stuff mm -hmm. I would never design and build, but uh, it's still stuff I'm interested in. Like uh, even earlier in the episode, I was talking about that moxen vice that Dustin Pinner made. I watch right. all his videos, but I would never make a moxen vice. It's just that's a what little too it? woodworky for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I think it's just half of what I watch is just because. I don't know if it's the video style or the person making the videos. I think mm -hmm. that's honestly a lot of what it is. Yeah. Is if I kind of like like the videos and the person making them, that I feel like that that's what gets you. I feel like the project is what you get gets you hooked on first, but then you stay for the for the person making the video almost. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's funny. Actually, actually, get a number of comments from people saying that um, you know people who watch a lot of woodworking on YouTube and maybe their wife like is in the room while they're watching it and they'll say hey she actually didn't mind your video oh wow. so i always take that as a compliment like if you know if you can get somebody who's not into it at all to not hate your video at least that's yeah something. there you go <laughs> something yeah. to hang your hat on that at least means you're making good videos it doesn't mean you're making good projects no, but no just like... <laughs> means you're not annoying that's yeah, job exactly. number one around at four eyes job number one don't be annoying <laughs> yep <laughs> awesome. we pride ourselves on not being annoying yeah <laughs> but sometimes we fail according to some of the comments oh yeah 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 there's plenty of people that want me to shut the f up just shut up and quote. tell me about what you're making <laughs> just shut up and woodwork yeah Enough all right this so philosophical mumbo jumbo instead of talking about what we're obsessed with let's yeah. take a page out of the old making it podcast book okay. what's the channel since we're talking about channels what's someone you've been watching 
Maybe someone new you okay, found. I got one. Doesn't have to be that. Maybe, just give me something. I didn't know we were going to talk about this, but I got one. Well, I know. This <laughs> literally just popped into my head. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you ever remember a show on the History Channel? I, I don't remember what it's called. Maybe Deadliest Warrior or something like that? Yeah. yeah I, was, where they would, I like, loved that okay. show. Well, I found... <laughs> this one it's a youtube channel but like these things are super highly produced like it seems like uh-huh. it could be a tv show it's called superhero beatdown so what they'll do <laughs> is they'll have like you know batman versus darth vader or something like that and yeah. so what they the typical episode they'll have in the beginning they'll say what the matchup's going to be then they'll have two people who are like experts on to kind of defend each of their pick and then they'll be at like comic con or wonder con or one of those things interviewing people about what they think and then they must take an online poll and then they actually like do the whole thing and they have special effects. Some like of them a simulation are of it? Yeah, yeah, yes. Most of them are live action with special effects. Mm. Some of them are like completely animated. But they'll like go through the whole fight and then show who wins. And then they'll, be, they'll show you the percentage. So I'm sure they choose who wins based off of like the voting percentage. And a lot yep. of them are really close. So say it's like 51 to 49%. Then they'll make an alternative ending where the other person wins also. Superhero beatdown. Superhero beatdown. It's... One of those, like, it's one of those things that's, like, kind of dumb, but, like, you got to love it. You yeah, got to love seeing a couple superheroes go at it, right? It's not even quite a guilty pleasure, but it's, yeah. like, almost a guilty pleasure. It's just one of those things that, you know, how awesome, like, how many playground arguments, now, you're a little bit young for this, Mike, but how many playground arguments have there been pre-internet where it's, like, this person would beat this person? Or, oh, you know, yeah. a polar bear could beat up a lion, no problem. But yeah. now, thanks to the internet, we get to see it. I didn't grow up with the internet. The internet wasn't like a thing until I was like 12. No. Like it wasn't a thing everyone was on every day, at least. All right. But still 12. That's like the prime of wanting to see a polar bear fight a lion. I feel like the shift is like when the first iPhone came out. No, Mike. You don't think so? Cause that no, was, maybe cause to like, people your age. Because like before that, like the internet was so like utility driven. To me, it was in high school and all of a sudden I realized I could look up Wu-Tang Clan lyrics. I was like, really? oh my God. Okay. All I have to do is type in a song and I can see the lyrics. I don't just have to sit here and memorize them. <laughs> right, and think I got it right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it was awesome. insane. All right, my choice. Yes. You ever see the show Hot Ones? The show that with sounds- hot questions and even hotter wings. <laughs> it sounds familiar. No, okay, so it's on a it's on a channel called First We Feast. Uh-huh. But it's uh it's like a one-on-one interview thing. Uh, the same guy hosts it every time, a guy named Sean Evans, but they get celebrities yeah, or musicians have, and rappers. Did they have the they, guy from Silicon Valley on it, Thomas Mildick? They did. Yeah, yes, and okay, he did. He, okay, that. and he killed it on there too. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, and what they do is they start them off with hot, they start them, they make them eat hot wings with every question, and it starts off with just sriracha, uh-huh. and they gradually get hotter until there's some like. <laughs> Mega death sauce like with liquid rage. peppers or whatever. And it's, yeah, ex- and they're just, and it's got like celebrities, like straight, like Key and Peele's been on there. Uh, <laughs> DJ Khaled's been on there and they're like crying. DJ yeah. Khaled quit after like four wings. He was weak. <laughs> but uh, but Nick Kroll was on there uh, like a oh, week yeah. ago and it was really funny. If you're a fan of the Kroll show, which yeah, it's funny. I hope people are. Uh, yeah, it's really funny. So check it out. It's called Hot Ones. Nice. There we go. I, w- that- I, mean, I would tap out quick. I got a low oh. threshold for the spice. Oh, I'm terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even put sriracha on things because that's too hot. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally weak. I don't even put salt on my food. Can't take <laughs> it's it. too much. It's too much flavor. <laughs> that's funny. Awesome. All right, nice. give us a music pick for the week and we'll close it. Hey, that uh, I talked about them before, the Fleet Foxes. So they're, 
their full-length album is now out. It came out last Friday. I would say it's not a good introduction to the Fleet Foxes, but it is okay. definitely a good album. It's one of those albums that's more of a grower. Like, Got especially, you. Yep. I feel like they're trying to alienate new fans if you listen to the opening of the first song, because like the first minute of it is just like this weird kind of low vocal dissonant mm-hmm. ch- chord thing. At, but so it's like, wow, are they like not trying to be liked? Like if you discover them from this, you'd be like, what the hell is this crap? But yeah. it's cool because then it gets like very bright and uplifting. And then it does this cool thing where it goes back and forth between the two things. Yep. There, it's, it's definitely, I would say like each of their songs is like their most, it's probably their most experimental album of the three that they've had. I'd still say probably start with their first album or their second album called? is fine too. But the, the first one is called Something. And the second one's called okay, Hopelessness cool. Blues. But yeah, they only have Perfect. three. If you have like Spotify or whatever, it's easy to find them. They're, they're cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was fun kind of breaking out, doing another slightly experimental weekend show. I'm, I really enjoy the fact that we can kind of do this kind of thing. Just like do what we want. We're not kind of tied yeah. down to a structure per se. So a lot of fun. Don't forget, if you haven't gave us a review, we would love to get one. We're getting new stickers on the way for anyone that didn't get one. Uh, or didn't leave a review. So you're going to have another opportunity. So be on the lookout for that. Leave us a question in a review, in an email, on Instagram. Topic suggestion, we'll take it. Voice memo, email that to modernmakerpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week on the Modern Maker Podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye. I I almost said modern builds. We'll see you next week on modern something. On modern, and then we'll just edit in either yeah, it's pod- just like maker this, podcast or builds. Mm-hmm. It's like the Siri voice builds. <laughs> <laughs>